Amen, church. Well, thank you for being here this morning. It is a, a privilege and honor to be here with you. Look at this. This is amazing. Praise the Lord. Who stayed up late last night? Anybody? Who stayed up late last night because you, you, you was having a good time with your friends? I stayed up late last night, but it wasn't because I was having a good time with my friends. All right? So I have a three-year-old. Thank you, thank you. I have a three-year-old and a, a, a six-month-old. My three-year-old uh, stayed the night with Grandma last night, and my wife was like, you know what? It's New Year's. I'm like, you're correct. We get to clean the house because we don't have a distraction of the three-year-old to tear things up while we're cleaning. So uh, I stayed up late last night, rung in the new year, vacuuming my bedroom floor uh, with me and just me and my wife. Yeah, praise the Lord for a clean house in 2023. It'll last till about tomorrow like most of our, uh, whatever they're called, New Year's resolutions. Thank you, Peyton. Goals. Lost the word there. My memory has not come back in 2023, so don't worry about that. Uh, but uh, again, I'm so thankful to, to be here and have the opportunity to open the word of the Lord with you all. Uh, and today, before we dive in, I want to make you aware of a couple, just a couple of different things. One, this Wednesday night, we're starting back with our programming. So we will have high school ministry, uh, middle school ministry, and we're going to have uh, kids and preschool. All of that stuff is kicking back off here uh, this Wednesday night. For our students, so middle school and high school, we're going to have a parent vision night. Uh, so parents, I want to invite you to attend the service Middle school starts at 6.30, high school starts at 7. Uh, we want you to come and hear about why we do student ministry, our partnership with you, and what this will look like over the next several years that your child uh, is with us uh, a couple of nights uh, a month, uh, but also in your household for numerous years. Uh, so I would invite you to be aware of that. Next week, I want to invite you back next Sunday, our pastor, uh, Pat Hood, will be preaching and bringing the word next Sunday. So... Yeah, praise the Lord. Beautiful. Excited for that. Excited to hear his heart and what God has been doing in this season. Uh, continue praying. Uh, it, I was able to spend some time with him watching some of these football games. And uh, Pat's still there, at least watching football. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So, But he'll be back next week. I'll invite you to be a part of that. And we will be back to normal service times. Uh, next week, 9 and 10.45. So uh, those who come to the 9, you got to get back up a little earlier, so it'll be good. Uh, but today, we're here for a family service. I mean, we got kids all around the room. My two children are over here, so if there's anybody screaming and yelling, just think it's my kids, because it probably is. Uh, and know that today, we're going to, I'm going to preach a little bit shorter. Y- y'all know when I preach anyways, it's always a lot shorter than everyone else who comes up here. Uh, but today, I'm going to shoot for about 20, 25 minutes, because I know... Uh, our children can't uh, withstand it, and your, your patience and nerves probably can't withstand a lot of it too. So we're going to extend each other some grace and know that we can do this together. And this is a beautiful picture of the next generation of the church, okay? So model for your children today. And if you don't have children in this room, be aware of the children that are around you and model for them as well, uh, because this is a church family, and we, we raise our children together in the Lord, okay? It's a beautiful thing. So... At the start of every year, there are so many people who make all kinds of goals and New Year's resolutions, and this saying you hear, New Year, New Me, right? New Year, New Me is, is, is heard all around the halls in a multitude of different homes, but what if this time, rather than dreaming of a new version of ourselves, rather than dreaming of a new version of ourselves, we came to terms with current reality? We came to terms with where we are currently at. You see, to 
to set a new goal, first and foremost, you've got to make some understanding and come to terms with where your feet are planted. I can't move forward if I don't know where I'm at to begin with. Does that make sense? So you, you can do this with your, with your uh, budget, man. I mean, I wanna make this amount or I want to budget this amount. What, what do you gotta do? You gotta figure out where you're currently at. You can do this with your calorie intake. If you're trying to lose some, some weight like myself in 2023, I'm gonna get my glorified body now. I'm gonna work on it, okay? I'm gonna trust the Lord. Uh, but if I wanna figure out how to do that, I gotta know where I'm at now. Uh, but what if we did this with the most important thing in our lives, our relationship with Christ. What if this year we took a hard look in the mirror and a deep breath and swallowed our pride to come to terms with our relationship with Christ, the lack thereof or the spottiness or whatever have you? What if we came to terms with where we are currently at and dedicated ourselves to a plan in a community to grow in deep intimacy, grow in deep understanding, of who God is and what he's created us to be in him. And I truly believe that if you're a believer in this room, you have this desire. You have a desire to know the deep things of God. It's why we read theology books. It's why you're a part of a small group. It's why we listen to all kinds of different podcasts. It's why we listen to all kinds of different sermons. It's why uh, you're in a D group. But often we look more for a system rather than the substance of the thing. And what I mean by this is we think that the more theology books that we read, we'll have a deeper understanding. And I can argue, yeah, absolutely. But what if we simply read the word of God? If we dedicated ourselves to knowing the living and breathing and active word of God this year. I'm not gonna read 20 different theolo uh, theologically rich books. I'm going to read the richest book. I'm not gonna read about... 20 different ways to worship better. I'm just gonna read and see how the people of God worshiped in the scriptures. I'm not gonna read myself 10 different books on how to pastor, how to preach, and how to communicate. Rather, I'm gonna see the pastors and preachers and communicators and apostles of the scriptures and see how they led and the things that they did through the word of God. What if we did that? R.C. Sproul said, I think the greatest weakness in the church today is that almost no one believes that God invests his power in the Bible. Everyone is looking for power in a program, in a technique, in anything and everything except where God has placed it, his word. Church, the power of God and knowledge of God is in his word. And the sad reality is that research shows that less than 15% of people read the word of God weekly. Less than 15%. I'm not really, really good at numbers, but I know in this room, that's only a little sliver of you all. Less than 15%. And I think the issue a lot of times with us all, I say us on purpose here, because I'm included in this is that we are kings and queens of excuses. We can find any excuse in the book to not carve out time to read our Bibles. I mean, I, I've used my kids as excuses before, Lord help me. Like, I, I'm in this as well, I'm not perfect at this. I, we all struggle with this. Reading the word of God is a discipline. So we come up with all kinds of different excuses, whether I stayed up too late, where I didn't get up early enough, I've got 
a million and a half different things that I've got to do today. I've got A, B, and C. I've got to get my kids ready to get out the door to get them to school. I don't have time to read the Word of God. Yet, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let me ask you a question. Have y'all eaten anything this morning? Y'all had coffee this morning? Amen. (laughs) I've had two cups, matter of fact. Why is that? Because we make time for food because it nourishes our body. We make time for coffee because it calms us and wakes us up. You can say it nourishes your body. And if we cut out eating altogether, what happens? We die. We need food and water and all those different things to, to nourish our bodies and stay alive. Now, I'm not gonna say that if you skip out on the word of God, you're going to starve yourself, but you will replace it with something else. You see, as your desire for the word of God decreases, your desire for sin increases. So you will ingest and take in the things of the world over reading the things of God because God has designed us to have a desire to drink from a well. The issue is that sin has broken and fractured our thought of what that well needs to be. Sin takes us to the wells of the world and thinks that they can satisfy, affirm, complete this desire in us when all reality is we have to go back over and over and over and over because we can't quench this insatiable desire in us to have more. Because God placed that in us for us to desire him, for us to desire the well of living water. That's what Jesus says at the well, right? Whoever drinks of this will never thirst again. He placed that desire in us to drink from the well of God's word. And it is just that, a well, a well of blessing, a well of peace, a well of joy, a well of delight, a well of life, a well of beauty, and so many more different, like all kinds of different things. It's a continuous and bottomless well. I think it was Charles Spurgeon that says, uh, the, the book of the Bible, it doesn't matter how many times you read it, the more time you spend with God, the deeper and wider that this well gets. What does that mean? You can never get to the bottom of the well of God's word. So we can come back and unpack all kinds of different uh, treasures and things like that every single time that we open it. And this morning, uh, as you can already tell, the the thing I want to drive home is that we're going to be planted or that we need to be planted in the word of God in the coming year. I don't wanna look at it as a New Year's resolution. If you're a believer in the room, this is your way of life, to be planted in the word of God. So if you have a Bible, I'm gonna do this by looking at Psalm chapter one. Open up to Psalm chapter one with me here for a moment. I'm gonna read the entirety of Psalm chapter one. It's only six verses, but I am going to focus in on the first three verses with our time together. 
Now, normally, I would ask you to stand for the reading of God's word, but today, uh, I know there's many, many kids in this room, and I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable or drop a kid or anything like that. Uh, So, I want to read this over you, and I'm still going to communicate this is the word of the Lord, because it is, whether you're sitting or standing, this is the word of God. And I would love for you to respond if you would agree with it, thanks be to God. So Psalm chapter one, starting in verse one, says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Amen, church. Thank you for that. My daughter, uh, Florence, like I said a moment ago, is three years old, and she is in this phase of why. Everything is why. It doesn't matter what it is. Hey, you got to get in your car seat. Why? Hey, it's time to go to bed. Why? It's negative 12 outside. I need you to put some shoes on. Why? It, it's, it's just, I think it's all curiosity, but it, it drives me bonkers. Everything ends with Why? And she's kind of putting some things together, and so she often just says, but why? But why? But why? So I thought, since we have a family service today, that we would run down the why scenario of why we should be reading our Bibles. Why should we read the Word of God? Well, from the jump, we read our Bibles so we can grow in dependency on the Lord. Look back at verse 3. It says, The person who meditates on God's word day and night is like a tree planted by streams of water. Every time we open our Bibles, it's like we're going to the greatest treasure that the world has to offer us. Unpacking new things every single time because the word is where we hear God speak. It's where we sit at the feet of the one who made you and who made me, and who made everything around us. The more we open the word, the more we read it, the more we enjoy it, the more we learn how dependent we are upon God. You see, we begin to grasp an understanding of who God is as we read it. And because we understand who he is, in light of that, we understand who we are ever needing him in all things. But why do I have to read my Bible for this? Because scripture is where we find out who God is. He shows us and reveals himself to us through his word. We read our Bibles to grasp our dependency on the Lord and so that our lives may be transformed by him. If you continue in verse three, it says the one who meditates on God's word yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. As a tree or plant would yield its necessary fruit in season, so the word of God takes us from a not producing fruit type of people to a people who produce fruit in our lives, 
fruits of godliness, fruits of righteousness, fruits of goodness, fruits of delight and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all of these different things, the fruits of the Spirit come forth in our lives through us, one, salvation, two, reading and ingesting and being planted in the Word of God. Are we planted in the Word of God? Because hear me, church, if we don't read the Word, if we don't study the Word, if we are not planted in the Word, we'll fill our lives with something else and we will not be molded into the image of God. It is the Word that shapes us and molds us. It is his word that daily cuts away at us that is not in the image of God. And if you, again, remove the word from your heart, you're going to fill it with things like we talked about a moment ago. And eventually, what you fill your heart with will come out of you. Good, bad, or indifferent. What you put in your heart will come out of you. And if we don't want to wither and we don't want to fade and we don't want to speak darkness into the world, the word of God must be deeply planted into our hearts. <coughs> Excuse me. The intake of the Bible is a daily thing. It's a daily thing. It's not a weekly thing. It's not a monthly thing. It's not a ever so often kind of thing. Intake of the Bible is a daily thing because we have to fill ourselves up with the word of God daily to interact with a dark and sinful world. I can't recall the things of God in moments of weakness or in moments of darkness or in moments of simple aggravation if I don't have it to begin with. If I don't spend time with God. I want the things of God to come out of me and the character of God to shine forth in all circumstances. Therefore, I need it in my heart. Because we have to remember like this, this nice crystal, I can't say that word, uh, Alpine spring water, okay? It, this bottle of water can only pour out of it what's put into it. You see what I'm getting at? Your heart can only pour out of it what's been put into it. So if you're putting in murky, dark, dirty, sinful things, that's what's going to come out of your heart. But if when God saves you and he transforms your heart and he gives you a heart of flesh and you put in the things of godliness because salvation is in Christ alone through faith alone, you do nothing for that. But your sanctification, your looking more like Jesus is on your shoulders. So I have to get up and I have to read the word of God. I have to be held accountable for my actions. I have to be held accountable for my thoughts and things like that. I have to be brought to a group. I have to take deeper dives into the word of God because all of these things are putting in living water, a water that has been redeemed by the blood of Christ and that will come out of me. I can only send out of me what has been put in. So what are you putting into your heart, church? Is it the things of the world that you're cramming down your throat or is it the things of God? Because only when we have the word of God in our hearts will we understand our dependency on him and be transformed by him to reflect God's character. But why? But why does this have to happen through the Bible? You see, dependency and transformation come through the Bible 
Because the word of God is absolute truth. We, we read our Bible so that way we know the truth. Verse two says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. Whose law does the word say that this person is meditating on? God's law, the Lord's. Not mine, not yours. He says, I meditate on the law of the Lord day and night. He's meditating on the word. This is the law of God. This is absolute truth. Because if there's anything that we can take to the bank is that when God speaks, he speaks truth. He is not a liar. He is not a deceiver. He is a promise keeper and he is the truth proclaimer. And this very truth is what we need in our lives. This very truth is what our families need in their lives. This very truth is what your neighbors need. And this very truth is what we all need as sinful and broken humanity. But we, the church, cannot take the truth to our families, to our spouses, to our friends, to our children, to the ends of the earth, if we in and of ourselves do not know it. You might be able to get by for a little while, but what happens is you quickly run out. Do you know the truth? Do you know the word of God? Our lack of understanding of it exposes the fact that our devotion is more so to social media than it is to the Lord. Because there's plenty of time. Time's not an excuse. Because every single Sunday morning when many of us sit in here on our iPhones, you get a notification that says screen time. That says you averaged five hours a day on Instagram and TikTok last week. You got plenty of time. You're just devoting your time to things that if we're frankly honest with another, that don't matter. For the vast majority of people, all that social media does is belittle them, create comparison issues, create anxiety, give depression and loneliness. This is exactly what's happening to our next generation. Our students of the day are struggling way more than any of us ever did. You know why? Because social media was introduced. And they're devoting themselves to the God of social media instead of the God of the universe. And parents, if we want our children to be raised in the Lord, we have to devote ourselves to the Bible. We've gotta devote ourselves to understanding the scriptures so that way we can hand down our faith to them. The building up of the next generation is on our shoulders. My daughters are my responsibility. Your children are your responsibility. But I promise you, we can partner and run this road together. But it starts with you and it starts with me. Are you devoting yourself to the word of God or are you devoting yourself to the word of the world? Bible reading is a discipline. It is hard. That's why it's a discipline. You've gotta teach yourself and grow yourself how to do it, what works for you. 
But we have time and we have the ability and we have a God who wants to meet with us because he is not giving us a chore here. You see, God didn't give us the Bible to create uh, uh, anxiety or anger and frustration in us. He didn't give us a chore to read. He is giving us a great blessing in the word of the Lord. Yes, absolutely. God is outside of time. He could have given us MP3s, which he has now, uh, Spotify, all those different things, Apple Music, all those different things. You can hear the word read to you. I'm a slow reader. So I like when people read the word to me. I listen to it. But there is not an excuse in this day and age for us not to read. God gave us the Bible, words on a page to read and know and be known by him. Therefore, believer, you must be devoted to it. This is the law of the Lord. This is absolute truth. This is our dependency. And this is where we are molded more and more and more into the image of the Son. It's through the word of God. And listen, I'm not a morning person. Hear me. I'm not a morning person. You can ask my wife. Matter of fact, no, you can't. She ain't a morning person neither. (laughs) Ain't nobody in my household a morning person. My children ain't even. I'm praising the Lord for it because we get to sleep in sometimes. But hear me say, I think it is pivotal and vital for the first thing that you do is to read the word of the Lord in the morning. And it's a battle for me because I'm hateful in the morning. But there's great beauty in before an email is opened, before your phone is checked, before you talk to anyone, before you make a decision about anything, that you sit down and be searched by the God of the universe. That you sit sit down and mind the word of the Lord for the treasure that it is. That you be reminded of who God is. And in light of who he is, be reminded of who you are. And through the word of the Lord, understand the mission that you've been given as you go out. So the word of God dictates how you answer that email. The word of God dictates your interactions with the people that are around you. You see, when I come into a bumpy moment throughout the day, I can't recall on it if I've not sat with it. So the first thing that we must do is sit with God. Sit with the maker of heaven and earth and hear his word. See, the discipline of Bible reading, church, is profound, and it's beautiful, and it is good for our souls because it helps us grow in dependency upon him. It helps us see our great need for him, and it transforms our hearts and lives to look more like his. And it fills our hearts and minds with the truth of God So that way when we go and interact with the world, the character of God and the truth of God comes out of us. Imagine what our lives would be like if we were intentional today with the word of God. Imagine what our lives would be like if we were intentional tomorrow with the word of God. And eventually, 
we'll get to this time next year. And we'll be able to look back and see what God has done as you fought to sit down and meet with him in your life. And you'll be blown away at what you thought God was this time versus next year. If you sit down and meet with God. And we wanna help you do that, church. We don't wanna call you to something and then leave you high and dry. So we have reading plans that you can go and find. If you go to lifept.org slash Bible, hear me, there is a gamut of Bible reading plans for you. There's some for yourself individually, uh, there's some for your family, there's, there's devotionals that you can grab, there's uh, uh, prayer meditations that you can get off of there. But I wanna lay before you, you see, this past year we've been in the F260 reading plan. We did the New Testament. Well now we're gonna step into doing the F260 reading plan. It's still five days a week, so if you are sitting here and you've not had a consistent quiet time or not had a consistent Bible reading, we're gonna give you this plan. It's five days a week. It's five days a week. This is easy for you to do. It goes through the entirety of scripture. Grab this plan and do it in community. This is the one we're gonna push out as with the church. So do this, F260, it's the first header on lifept.org slash Bible that you can download and print. Put that thing in your Bible and every day. What am I reading today? This is what God has for me. Okay, I'm gonna sit down and let the word of God work over me. We have a plan. We first realize where we're at, understanding, man, we, we need to be dependent upon the Lord. We've gotta be transformed by God and we want the character of God to come out of us. Okay, we know where we are. These reading plans are the steps that we take to move forward into a deeper intimacy and compassion and love and need for who God is. And again, you won't do this alone. Do this in community, because hear me, you can do this. You can do this. Parents, do this with your kids. Do this with your kids. Something that we, I started with my family recently is we do a psalm a night. I let my daughter pick the psalm. Florence, she scrolls through my phone. We read it off my phone because I don't want her to tear the pages out of my Bible just yet. It makes me a little nervous. So I let her scroll through on the ESV app and she picks a psalm and we read it. And I mark it off a list. And my hope is through over the course of this year, we'll read every single psalm together. And then we sing a song off of our LifePoint Music YouTube. We let her pick one and we sing it. Right now, she is obsessed with Jordan. So anytime she sees her, we're listening to that one. I don't know if Jordan, you get royalties for that, but just kidding. But she's for it. That's what we listen to. And we sing together. We put in the word of the Lord into our hearts through reading it aloud and through singing it. These are easy things that you can do with your family. Man, if you're like, I don't, have a, I don't have kids, I don't have a spouse, you still have to read the word of God. So grab the reading plan, sit down with some brothers or some sisters to hold you accountable to it and put your feet to the fire and see what God won't do in your life as you grow into a deeper intimacy with him. Church, love you, let me pray for you. God, you are so good. And we thank you for your 
everlasting word. It has stood the test of time. It is the only truth. It is the only truth. And Father, I pray that over this next year that it would renound, it would resound in our hearts, our souls, and our minds, God. Father, give us resilience in reading your word. Give us an understanding of this is not going to be perfect. Father, help us understand that it's needed. That we need the word of God in our lives. We need you in our lives. Father, thank you for bringing each and every one of us together today at the start of the new year to worship you. Every single day is for you. This year is for you. But today, God, we plant our feet down and say we will serve you and serve you alone. And we will follow you through your word. So, Father, unmask the glories of your word to us. Help us to see the beauty and splendor of you. And through your word, God, I pray that we would not seek the blessing, rather we would seek you. May we seek your hand and not your face through reading the word. We want to know you and be known by you. So, Father, move in the scriptures. Holy Spirit, illuminate them to us as we go throughout this week and this year reading the word of God. And may we be a people this time next year who are more holy, who are more righteous, who are more molded and shaped into the image of the Son than we are today. But we give you our yes to say we will fight for it. We will fight to be in your word. We will fight to lead our families in godliness and righteousness and train them up in gentleness and self-control in the things of God. Father, thank you for the children that are in the room. They are your blessing that you have bestowed upon these families. Father, I pray that you would raise them up in the way of the Lord. God, I'm not naive to the fact also that there may be people in the room who when they see children or hear children it may be hard because they desire them and don't have them Father may your word lead them to your feet may your word comfort them may your word allow them to trust you because you're good Father we love you need you. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Church, thank you for being here this morning. Uh, it is, again, a joy and a privilege to stand here and open the word of God to worship with you both in spirit, through song, and in truth, uh, through God's word. Uh, let's stand and sing and declare that we will build our life on the Lord.